This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Mod. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, man? How you doing? We're back. We got so much to talk about. You know, it's weird. In the old days when we would do this show, it was consistent. It was week to week. The old days. We would have one time we would record here in the studio. And we I, had like a studio at one point? Yeah, I didn't I didn't see you like every day. So like it was like I would see Alex once a week to work on the show. And we would ha- and like now it's just it feels like we're in this like whirlpool and it's like we just find we find a minute to record when we can i feel like i don't even know what our schedule is i seriously well, actually we've been consistently <laughs> recording at 9 a.m every tuesday <laughs> all right fair enough if you want to pick like a schedule we've actually pulled that off pretty consistently well never mind pacific forget my story then. pacific standard time <laughs> yeah well it doesn't feel that way but yeah yeah i think you're right though for like i think the last three weeks we've recorded at the exact same time which is actually really impressive on our part strong we should yeah. everyone should be very proud of us yeah uh <laughs> also guys uh, if you were going to be at comic-con this weekend are you going to be at comic-con I'm this be, weekend i'm definitely going to be at comic-con i was asking them oh <laughs> they can't respond because it's a podcast i hope you guys I, are going to be excited at Comic-Con. To go. <laughs> i'm super excited guys it's going to be a great weekend lots of work of course um but there's parties, there's daytime things, There, if you're around. Shout tweet. out at us, we will be there. Yeah, tweet at us. I would love to meet some people and hang out and, and do the whole thing. So, uh, Comic-Con, yeah. this weekend. Speaking of that, are, uh, have you seen the tokens? The or no, the or Not the tokens, the promos for Comic-Con? Yes, I did a little review on Anchor. With that uh, okay, what's, the, what's your thought on them? Of the Planeswalkers? Yeah. Um, I think they're fine. I think, I, I think I'm trying to remember exactly. The one that I'm most excited for is that there's a cool alternate art, uh, blue green Nissa. I was like pretty pumped for that one. Okay. Uh, I think the most powerful one, if I remember correctly, is the is the good Chandra, right? That's that's the chase card. Uh, and Gideon. Both of those are the like trials, right? Modern playable yeah. staples now. I didn't think it was that impressive of a selection this year. I thought, and I also thought the art was like, eh. That's my issue. I don't. So so first off, for those who don't know, uh. We go to Comic Con every year, and then I, with Jimmy and Josh Lee Kwai, our sister podcast co-hosts on the Command Zone, or hosts of the Command Zone, um, would camp out for the SDCC promos, the yep. San Diego Comic Con Magic promos. Because you would can, do because if you're if you guys don't know what's going on with this, it they're not crazy expensive until after you can buy them if at like a retail price of like one fifty or one seventy for the set. 110? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or yeah. 120, depending on if there's a big sword or not. Yeah, and you can and you get like a cool thing, and you get to take them home, and it's just retail price. But there's limited numbers, and you have to get a ticket to do it. It's yeah, only so after the, way it the works fact is they you wait. The, to explain how it works is you have to get in a line at midnight, or a, at some time the night before. Midnight sometimes is like a little late. Uh, so like between 9 and midnight, get in line uh, out in front on the grass. Stay there overnight. Then that line then moves forward, and that's the line for everyone to get in early other than the people that want to get in a place called Hall H, which is where every major movie studio does their announcements and stuff. But right. for this is the, the secondary line that gets into the main hall. You then have to run at 6 o'clock in the morning all the way to the opposite side of the San Diego Convention Hall to where the ticket line is to wait in line for the Hasbro ticket line. Then you wait in that line for two hours. Then that line moves up. You get a ticket. And then that line then goes to a secondary line that's more just a line to be able to get. If your ticket is early enough, you can then use that line to get into the main hall. And then you can get on the Hasbro line. There you use your ticket to then buy uh, up to, I think I believe it's up to two, one to two per person is able to buy one of these Comic-Con exclusives. Do you guys all buy two because you have someone who wants you to buy one for them? Oh, I, I mean, I, I want play sets, so I would buy two. And then... At times we had we'd like figured out how to like so if do I was it multiple to, days in a row. So if I was to or, ask you to pick me up one, no. Well, so so a I'm not doing it this year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the point. Last year we didn't do it because I didn't love the zombie ones, and then this year kind of a similar situation where the 
I don't love the art on this one. That's kind of the big one. I really liked the black one. I know a lot of people don't like the full black. It's really hard to read. Those uh, are the coolest defense, ones But ever. they're so cool and, and different. And there's a Vrin's Prodigy in there. Yeah, which is like, I have two of those. It, I mean, is that, if of all the ones ever, is that far and away the best the one? First, the first set is the most expensive still. Because the very first year they did it, they had no idea what they were getting into. And so they underprinted and they allowed anyone who bought to buy as many as they wanted. So they sold out immediately. So they sold out before day one. Was what done. was the original set? Uh, it was the lower one five or no? No, 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 no. It was um, three mana uh, a Johnny. Okay. Uh, four mana Chandra, the first good four mana Chandra. Gotcha. Uh, I believe it's five mana Miljace, the zero yeah, right. like just like wrecks people in limited Jace. Yeah. Uh, four mana Liliana that is weird, the one that like is swamp themed. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um. I believe it's uh, red green. Oh, it's a Garrick. It's um, it's uh, five oh, mana. Five Garrick. mana Garrick. I think it's. Five. Oh no, no no! It's six mana Garrick. Oh, okay. It's six mana like. Draw cards equal to the creature. Or is that the five mana? One? That's the five mana one. It's the like the one that like lets you cheat creatures in the play. Yeah right. Yeah right. yeah. Um. And that that's that's more expensive because it's hard to find. Like for instance, I would love to get my hands on a three mana, uh, the three mana Johnny. Like, yeah. It's, it's the one. Of all of the Planeswalkers available as SDCC combo uh, that I have in my Geist deck, it's the one that I have in the deck that I also don't have the SDCC version of it, and it bugs me to this day. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that Johnny's kind of fine. It's sweet, I guess. I <laughs> it's good in Geist because it gives double strike double and flying strike. to Fly. Geist, and then yeah. he hits them with an Eldrazi Conscription attached, and then they're dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I play that card. The only format or deck that I've ever played that card in is in my green-white, like, all-in double strike deck from Highlander, where I'm, like, trying to basically play... Oh, no, you very... Sp it's, not, it's not a modern card. This is a card that you're doing a dump thing. Uh, I mean, look, I, here's, here's one thing I will say. The, the, the ability to play it on three and minus it to give something flying and double strike can just win the game out of nowhere. Right. Period. Right. And the fact that you can do it and make your opponent respond to it and then set up to do it again later in the game, again, is like, I think there's probably a deck that will use this card effectively in modern at some point. I've also, I've also altered it relatively often surprisingly is this the cats one you the, get a lot of yeah cats. you get you get cat two uh you get a two two tokens cat tokens equal to your life total right that's how many tokens you get and it's because when he's not doing the thing that's dangerous right if you're just plussing up with him he's not scary to and people. people don't work it's just a plus one plus one counter yeah it, it's, and if you don't have a creature in play or he's not doing anything it's just <laughs> he's like literally doing nothing he's literally doing nothing so people ignore him and then you're like oh i alted i have 22 dudes on the, and on this the, is commander so people aren't as like focused on what you're doing but like, right, right, I, right. I've, it's surprising how many times i've alted with three mana johnny um something i thought about too was so he also uh, comes out at five yeah because his double strike is minus three i think and so he comes out yes. at five it's minus three to double strike so like he comes out he comes out on four he minuses to one or he pluses to yes. five yeah, yeah correct um one really interesting thing uh, just on the subject of double strike creatures by the way because i was realizing this last night that new cat adorned pouncer is just strictly better fencing ace it's just like yeah way better yeah, and yeah. like and it's a cat yeah. well i guess it's not a soldier which is worse but it's a cat which is better and they really haven't it's interesting more soldier they, they really haven't pushed um they haven't pushed low CMC double strike creatures very hard. Like it's a, I think it's probably a space that's a little dangerous because like, it's like it's like evasive hexproof creatures. So you don't because want to do pump that. is so yeah. cheap. So like if you a two a, like a two mana one one with double strike is like right on the border in their mind. I think of like powerful, which is why fencing ace was the first time we had seen that right. Except no, we had seen the red white one, but the the one two. But this is the first one where you could play it in a single color. I think. Yeah. Um. So this them, is the second, the third one of those. You now have three. Yes. Well, look. I'm just telling you, the fact that he comes back as a 4-4 four, four double strike for, for five, 5 after he's dead is, like, kind of insane. Yeah. Considering, like, a 4-4 four, a four, four double strike for 5 would already be, like, kind of good. Sure. Like, not modern good, but, like, that's a powerful creature. Right. <laughs> and that's the backside of this guy. Like, I think this card's pretty good. I think this card's pretty underrated. I wouldn't be surprised if this card makes makes some moves at some point. Yeah, I, mean, I can see it. Modern, probably not, but maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Colonnade's just like a four-four flyer, just yeah. like is good in the late game, so that's why people like it. True. Yeah. Anyway. And for the same amount of Colonnade, you get it, and at two minutes you can play it early, and it just is like a, a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's a freaking four-four double strike. Is there a blue-white, blue-black? No, 
I'm trying to think if there's a good like land-based pump spell. Something to give that pump that's like not. I guess in Bant that you could play Simic Charm is like insane with this card. Yeah, I mean, look, there. Look, I'll tell you what. That as somebody just because I've played this in Highlander, like I and I know the strategy well. It's all all you're doing when you do that. Actually, is it's make, really good with the three mana Johnny we just talked about. <laughs> right. No. Uh. No, because it already has double strike. No, no, it comes in with two, and then Johnny pluses on it. I'm, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's good with the the bad half of a Johnny. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. I mean, what what's really interesting is that like, um, and we can talk about this actually. This is a modern relevant discussion, but so like, infect and double strike are like basically parallel effects, right? They're kind of the same thing in a lot of ways. Um, they're, they're comparable. They pushed infect. They push infect more than double strike, right? Because infect is a very singular mechanic. It only works with other Infect cards. Yes. Versus Double Strike that works with every other card in Magic. So Infect cards inherently, I feel like, are more powerful for the fact that they kind of have Double Strike. 100%, yeah. which is why the Infect deck exists and the Double Strike deck does not exist. Right. Um, right. But if or you... Or th- now. Yeah. But if you think about it, I mean, uh, it's... You don't... Okay, so... Would so, the Double Strike deck exist if we had a 1-1 one, one for one Double Strike? Uh, maybe. Yes. Probably, actually. Uh, man, eh. yeah, I bet you it would because the the thing is, like with infect, like you said, you're it's very restrictive. Like you have to build around this very very specific subset of creatures, and the pump spells are great, and the pump spells work very well. But you only have a couple options for creatures you can play. Sure. Whereas I think with double strike, you start to get into a, in, into a world where like playing lightning bolt in your deck is both a kill spell and removal, sure. as opposed to like infect, you don't really have. Like you rarely are gonna win with like the beat you down with noble hierarch plan. Like I've I, I've seen it happen, but sure. like it's you have to win in this one way. I was always sad there wasn't you know like uh, Soren's thirst, yeah, that, which is two damage to target yeah. creature, gain two life yep. or our player. Uh, I was always sad we didn't get an infect version of that card. For mm. like, I feel like that was always a card that was like maybe too good, but also kind of sweet. Well, it's like you just like you're basically saying it's Boros Charm, but also kills creatures. Uh, in yeah, Not Boros Charm, Lightning Helix, but bad Lightning Helix. Well, Soren's Thirst was two for two, right? Yeah, so I'm saying so two for two. So if it has infect, if the effect has infect, then it's four damage to a player. But you only get two life. Oh, sure. Okay, that's fair. All um, right, we're just like rambling and ranting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, so subject matters of the day. You yeah. thought we wouldn't have an episode? We're, we're the MM, we're, about. we're the MM cast, guys. We uh, we're on Twitter. You can find us. Oh there. yeah, shout outs. Yeah, do <laughs> shout outs. Why reload my computer to get all the pages I saved up and. <laughs> um. Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at the MM cast. I'm at Cast Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's that. You can find our Patreon where you can help us support the show because that's how we pay for things and do the show. That's Patreon.com/slash the MM cast. And uh, we have the sister podcast of ours, Jimmy and Josh, uh, the Command Zone. They're yep. on Collected.Company. Yep. Uh, make sure to check out our Patreon. It is how we buy things, do things. Just just said that. You had cool. a stroke. Uh, <laughs> no, I, was, I, was, I told you I wasn't paying attention. Uh, make sure to check out the um, Facebook group. Yes. It's That's growing. Really, yeah, like we're at 400 people, 350. Yeah, you know what's really what's really wild? Um, the Facebook group for this, this, and also the Facebook group for Action Movie Anatomy were started very close to one another yep. within a couple of weeks, and both of them are blowing my mind with like the number of people that are added. Uh, the magic one's growing faster, but the the because you guys are better than your guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's quite surprising. We started the the uh, the movie one with like 25 people and i was like maybe we'll get like 40 people yeah. and we have like a few hundred now and so it's cool actually thinking about it i would love if the masters of modern fans were competitive with the action movie and well a lot fans. of them are the same fans there's a lot of crossover uh they're they're <laughs> the ambassadors yeah they're like uh they're like the russians who live in dc to communicate between the two countries okay we're just tangent it's so hard you so guys are see. russia we're we're <laughs> <laughs> the masters of modern fans are america america all right so uh, anything else? Uh, Command Zone, that Facebook group. Yeah, I mean, 10 minutes uh, of Make magic. sure to check it out. I mean, the, the, the Facebook group's really fun. Check it out. Contribute. We That's where we're kind of at regularly. What's cool is that by being part of the Facebook group, you'll be alerted to post and they'll show up kind of in your day-to-day actions. Right. Um, I have two last plugs to make. Go for it. Uh, the first one is I have a thing on Anchor.fm called 10 Minutes of Magic. I talk about it every week. It's a short-form show that I do about all magic content. Alex and I are going to be doing 
an episode of that show every single week from here on out. So if you guys wait every week to hear us do Masters of Modern and you want the full hour-long show, I'll tell you what, you're still going to get the hour-long show. You're also going to get an extra day of 10 minutes of content. Alex and I are going to devote one full day of that station to just talking modern. Uh, so go check that out. You, you'll be able to find that this week for the first time. We're toying with the day that we want to do it, but I think probably Mondays will be the day that we're going to do it. It's going to be a little bit of like a weekend recap, top decks, any news. Um, I think Monday is probably the day. We'll call it Modern Mondays. What do you think about that, Alex? Just fully ignoring me again. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I think Monday <laughs> is the day we do Modern Mondays. Oh, yeah. uh, well, though, I feel like as much as the alliteration works, if we're recording every Tuesday morning, shouldn't it be Modern Tuesdays? Well, we, the great thing about Anchor is that there's the interview feature. I can just call you. And oh, we can yeah. just record via you're, phone call. You're going to call me every Monday? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. So yeah, anyway, guys, that's what you should do. You should you should download the the app Anchor.fm because uh, you'll be able to get more modern content. And also, there's a trivia league and other things. It's really fun. So there's that. And then the last but not least thing that I was going to plug was we are doing a brew episode next week on the show. Um, it's for our Patreon subscribers. If we, we have changed, we have changed it now. It used to be that if you donated five dollars a month, you could submit deck ideas, and we would deck tech your decks. We want to now open that up to anybody who is on the Patreon at all. So if you've been donating a dollar and have never submitted a deck tech, you are now able to submit deck techs. And if you want to donate one dollar to our Patreon a month, you can also submit decks, and we will deck tech your deck next week. We're going to be doing a full totes brew a brew thing. Uh, Bruce thing with uh, with Patreon. Uh, we're going to be taking these submissions there. So go to the Patreon, donate a dollar, submit a deck. We'll tech your idea on the air. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we've been rambling. Let's talk about magic. All right. So first off, Star City Games Modern Classic Cincinnati happened. Uh, you know, we we pulled on Twitter uh, a, a month ago that uh, should we focus a little bit more on just whatever the month the weekly Magic tournament was and, and include SCG events into that and, and people with a resounding yes informed us yes so we're going to go over what the top eight was and the top cards I also want to bring that up we're going to maybe do a top card segment which this one is really interesting um, number one first place what do you think we'll, I mean I already told you so I know well but we'll do this again because it's surprising I was going to say I, well, can I guess some of the top eight and you said sure and I was like uh, fatal push and you're like nope not oh even no top, top cards yeah no top fatal push wasn't even I in the top eight fatal push was not one of the eight most played cards that blows uh, my mind. part of it is I believe that affinity dominated this tournament so the top cards were path to exile relic of progenitus lightning bolt stony silence and then arc baron ravager ornithopter signal pest fault scourge cranial plating mox opal just like lots of affinity. That that five to ten are literally the most five most played cards in affinity. The five cards that are guaranteed to be a lock of a five of. They all had eighteen point seven five percent. And I'm assuming eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen are, you know, the other halves of affinity that are in every affinity list. Uh, Stony Silence number four, which seems important. It's crazy how good affinity is in this meta game. This is the third week in a row that it's done really well, and it hasn't really slowed down since GP Vegas. So why do we think that Affinity is so good in this particular metagame? I think the first... So Affinity is clearly good against Shadow. That's the first thing, right? It's Yeah, it gets in a, in the air, and because they're versatile and the fact... I think part of it is so much of the metagame has now leaned itself towards being able to deal with piercing strategies of Death Shadow, of having being able to deal with multiple single threats, right. that Affinity's ability to slide into a wide option... Uh, gives it a ver- it gives it a chance. Yeah, I also think that affinity in its in its good in its good hands comes out so fast in the first and second turns of the game that if they fire off one hand disruption spell, but most of your hand is vomited on the table by turn two, the best they're doing is one for one on you because at the right. point that you're like mostly top decking and they're just like firing off hand disruption spells seven and eight. It's not good anymore. Like they're now well, at that point, they're down cards, and your creatures are coming down faster. And they don't, and they have to spend their mana. They're super tight mana to interact with your threats. Right, and, the, and and I would even say that's you know the number one place was blue red gift storm. I would say that's also true of them. Like both affinity and gift storm have that kind of in common where, uh, and that gift storm won the event uh, is that they're 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 combo decks, but they're combo decks in the I forget the term we used previously for this, but. Uh, they every single card works together to cause a combo to happen, versus something like Splinter Twin, which was two cards caused a combo, and you were doing everything you can to protect that. Yeah. So like Storm is how many of the same effect can I co- make happen? And Affinity is very similar. Now Affinity is a uh, that aggressive deck. I wish I remembered the term. We had like a good term for this. And then Storm is a that combo deck. 
Um, but both of them are very much like Thoughtseize is bad against them to a certain extent because it doesn't. Redundant, they have yeah. every. They're so redundant that every other card in their deck does it. And and where Storm makes up for it is that they interact with their graveyard more, and where Affinity makes up for it is that they're so quick in dumping their hand that it's hard for really any Thoughtseize to matter. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately, what did you say? The fourth most played card was Stony Silence. Yeah. Yeah, well, that makes sense. People are aware of the fact that Affinity is good. The best players are probably saying Affinity is the best thing against Shadow. So let's make sure that because people are going to be trying to level to us, we have lots of Stunning Silences available. I think it's also possible that just Affinity is also good against Bantel Eldrazi. And the answers to Bantel Eldrazi are very much not what's maybe best against Affinity. Like, those don't, I think, go hand in hand. Right. Um... Yeah, so so really interesting. As for Gifts, so Gifts uh, was in two decks in the top eight, which is really sweet. Gifts is doing really well right now. Card Titan sweet. Shift was the second place. Uh, I think that deck is probably just in general underrated. Um, yeah, it's a good deck. Yep. Um, White Red Prison and Merfolk were ninth and tenth place. And Bant Company was 11th. And then more Affinity lists. Modern is such a sweet format. Yeah, it's, this, is, this is really... I mean, like, Affinity on the banned watch list. I mean, we, we said we'd updated everything. Uh, Mox Opal is looking more and more precarious. Yeah, I'm still not really worried about it. I know it's a moment right now, but it's it's a short moment, and, like, this is what happens. I just... There's a reason that card and that deck has been basically legal for five years with basically no bannings. Um, it's... some sure. Somehow, it's it's thwartable. I'm not sure. I, I, well, it, and it might be just the metagame that existed then. I mean, like, Grixis is now one of the best decks in the format, though De- Jun's Death... Grixis Death Shadow wasn't one even in the top eight. Or yeah. top, where's the Grixis Death Shadow deck? 17th place is the highest Gr- Grixis Death Shadow deck. I think that that is so- somewhat a function of metagaming, but... Um, no, no, but my point is, is that Grixis doesn't have, is the worst against Affinity. Yes. Affinity is the best against Grixis because it doesn't have Stony Silence, it doesn't have Ancient Grudge, so, and it doesn't have any of the, like, yeah, those are the two most important ones. So, like, missing Col- those yeah. two... command Command's good, but it's a little slow. It's a three mana, you kill one artifact, like that, their Affinity is built to be resistant to at least that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> if it's built to maybe win against ancient grudge <laughs> you're gonna you're yep. gonna beat a call, single call against command for sure um so yeah so that's 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 the tournament uh the other uh uh main thing we want to talk about today is uh, wizards made a bunch of announcements uh earlier this week and it's uh, it has a lot to do with the changes to in-store play hmm. um and what that kind of means and i'm gonna kind of go over each of the different changes and there's one big one that i want to go over um that it, you know has the kind of the internet uh by storm the first big one is store championships though this doesn't have a lot to do with uh masters of modern though it does a little bit in the sense that you want your store to do well and also promos are going to exist of cool cards uh and basically they're changing game day to a store championship and instead of having game day at the beginning of a, a block season so the, the time between two blocks, they're now putting it at the end. So at this point, instead of having, oh, I got a standard deck, it's it's no longer there to encourage you to put together a standard deck. It's now there to have it so you're benefited for having gotten good with your standard deck over that season because they're adding so many other reasons to play that format. Um, the one cool thing is that there are, there are multiple, the promos, so previously game day promos were from the most recent set. Yep. And they're full art and they're sweet. Now they're from the next set, so they're now preview promos. So you get cards oh, early from the new set. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Even though they're not legal with the time you get them. I think because I think the championship happens like. So for instance, the Ixalan Championship is December thirty first, right? And spoiler season starts that Monday. So you're gonna get the card a couple weeks early. It's you're like gonna, it's like yeah. a super early pre-release card. Correct. Cool. Yep. That's cool. And I think the way that it works is they're so they're full art, so it's so obvious that this card is different that you will realize it ahead of time. Awesome. Um. Friday Night Magic is changing, uh, and the big thing is that uh, they're now before there were seasons aligned with set releases. Um, well, or they're now aligned with set releases. They're originally just aligned with just months and when whatever season they decided. So, I believe what it means is that one, whatever the promo is, and we'll get what that changes. Whatever the promo is for F and M is now going to last that whole set instead of a new one every month. Gotcha. Okay, um, gotcha. So, yeah, I, I skimmed all this stuff. It sounds like there's a lot of information. Pause. He's reading. Um, yeah. Uh, so, to read the full <laughs> announcement, the first change is easy. Normally, FNM packages were mostly arbitrary and didn't always align with the latest and greatest of the Magic had going on by aligning seasons, which to players mostly indicate what promos you could receive. With the sets, we can better give players experience that are relevant. 
Um, now, this I might be wrong on this. This is the one that I'm not totally sure on. It might still be going monthly, but instead of it being just by January, it's like it starts with a set release and then ends based on specific timings. Uh, the second one, which is more relevant, and we're going to have a bigger discussion on this uh, in a second, is uh, double-sided tokens are now going to be the FNM promos. They're completely getting rid of, and by completely... They made a secondary announcement because the internet freaked out about this. Uh, but they, for at least a year, are getting rid of um, FNM promos of standard legal cards. And yeah. they're moving towards a token. I mean, it's a really interesting decision to... Because, to... like, let's break this down. Okay, generally speaking, tokens, the ones that you get in packs, I don't save them. Some players do. They're sure. kind of worthless because they have, like, a the back of them is, like, an advertisement. Like, they just don't feel like... They're more useful for limited... Yes. Unless you, like... They don't feel like a cool thing. There's you like have. ten tokens that like you want to collect them because you like, for instance, elementals for pyromancers. Yeah, because those are like you want thirty of them yeah. sometimes. It's like they're fine, and like you get the fringe case where there's a cool one, but for the most part, they're like limited. You just throw it away. Like most people just throw them away. I don't keep them. Sure. Um, whereas I don't know if most people is a fair statement, but uh, a lot I'll of people. Then you move over to the promos that have been printed in standard for, I mean, years and years and years now. Yes. Like, this has been going on since the player rewards stuff, like, in the, like the late 90s. And, you know, there's a, there's a storied history of some of these cards. Like, But what people don't remember is if you are doing, you know, one per month, 12 months a year for, like, 15 years, you can think of right off the bat, like, 12 to 20 that are, like, awesome, sick ones where you're like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I got my Glistener Elf. Or, like, it was awesome that month they gave us a bunch of, you know, modern reprints. Lingering Souls or... Or this Fire yeah. Ice from way back Fatal when. Fatal Push is, is right, happening right now. It's really cool to have. But then you start to look through your, like, binder of old crappy foils and you're like, oh, man, this, like... Uh, what's the Blue Mill the blue mill Curse from, like, Innistrad? Like, Curse of the Bloody Tome or sure. something? Or, you know, like that or, like... Uh, J you know, Jace's Ingenuity, like these cards where you're just like, I don't really need a special foil of this card. Right. Like, I just have this stack of all these bad cards that have been printed that were supposed to be good and standard and weren't. And, you know, it's deflating to win and be one of the four people that gets that promo. And then it's not good. It sucks. Sure. <laughs> like, it's sweet when you get a good one. It's really crappy if you win FNM, you know, a small handful of times in the year because you're just like kind of a cash player. And I think this is one of the reasons they're changing. And this is why I think the season's alignment is that there's going to be one promo per set. Um, is, A, I think it was extremely hard for them. And it, obviously it is. Because the way, look at Standard and the banning list currently in Standard. Right. It's very hard for Wizards to predict exactly what cards are going to be good in Standard. They don't have a team large enough. It would be actually impossible to solve Standard themselves. And on top of that, for them to, there's like a confirmation bias problem where... They could predict it by making this strategy too good, but then that would be bad for standard. So they like the fact that it's a little bit more open in the air and then they're missing. But because of that, you have all of the... Like, if you look at the last year, in, there's been four good cards, and this year has been a little bit better than last year, but for the most part, every other, if not more than that card, has been pretty bad over the last three years as standard FNM promos. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I'll bet you we could think of five. We could probably think of five that were sweet, right? Path, sweet. Serum Visions, sweet. Well, no, Renegade Rallyer, Fatal Push, oh, yeah. yep. uh, Aether Hub, Aether Works Hub are like the three that like I think were pretty legit this year. Yeah. Um, and we we like probably could do could have done more good ones. And we might get good ones this summer, but I think from their perspective, they miss more than they help. And then specifically, they did data analysis and a good F and M Fatal Push or Path to Exile or Serum Visions did nothing to encourage right play at, at, at FNM. So that's like, having a good point. promo didn't really change people's habits of going to FNM. And so they're looking for something to reward the player who's going to FNM more often than to reward the tournament player who's not really prioritizing FNM as their main magic experience. That's like a also next level thinking that's really important. And us as people who are part of this community, you know, we talk about this, but a lot of people EV gets brought up a lot. What they really think about when they think about Magic is how can this game serve me? I lose money playing this because buying packs and drafting, you know, you don't break even. Like, everybody knows this is a hobby. This is the thing we all like to do as a game. So unless you are somebody who is legitimately, like, like one of the top 1% in the world, or you're somebody who is actually just trying to grind value in trading, probably you're going to own cards and you're going to lose money. That's, like, what happens to all of us. So with that being said, I think that there's this sense that people have of, like, they are owed something. They're owed something by 
the people who are organizing these tournaments and the promos they're winning and all these things, right? Like, like the, the corporations always have to get them and they're not getting their value back. And it's really important to remember that like this promo that you're getting on a Friday night, it's, it's, that is wizards encouraging you to go to the local store and be a part of the community. That's the reason they're incentivizing you. If they didn't care if you were going, they wouldn't print these things and give them right. away. Plus, it, like the thing to pay attention to is everyone tokens are like yes, you don't play with the ones you have, but I know for sure you have your Ben Bateman tokens, <laughs> the vampire tokens, the vampire tokens from that's like a troll the move. Tokens. It's a troll move, totally. But like people have tokens that they care about, and and they right. play decks that are relevant. I have my the Whitney Merritt, my my fiance was on yeah. tap decking as well, and and played Becca, and I have the Becca Spear tokens with me because the first lingering souls is in every deck I play, and B yep. she's the token for that. Um, I have the Jason Germ token, which is mine. That like is only useful with Stoneforge Mystic Legal, so let's make that happen. <laughs> I have <laughs> the uh, Matter School Germ token. I have my Merit Lage token. Right, well, yeah, and, and so, like, you have these tokens that matter, and the ones that are special matter, like, I have the Foil Angel token, the half-double-sided right. Foil Demon token that is awesome for Geist, because uh, he has a Foil Angel, uh, and it's all Foil deck. So, like, if there's a, f like, the zombie tokens, the 2 ones, were really, really, really cool, and I collected, like, s as many as I could get my hands on. So, like, coming out with cool Foil tokens, and something to also remember is, currently that zombie token is 4 to $5. Right. And zombies are a really popular token or, or archetype, so that's going to be popular. But if you look at F&M promos, yep. how many cards would be printed from that? And you look at how many pre-release packs are opened, pre-release right. packs blow that out of the water. Sure. So from a value perspective, if you're looking for EV, I would say there's about 30 tokens that they could print without coming out with new token card ideas that they can print over the next... And if they're only doing four tokens a year, even if they're doing 12, that's three years worth of tokens. Yeah. But if they're doing only four a year, that's almost 10 years worth of available tokens that they could print that would be exciting every Squirrel three months. tokens. Like, that, and that's going crazy. Like Pegasus tokens from back in the day. But like if you like Goblin, Spirit, Elf, Merfolk, Demon, like... Right. Yes, and it's double-sided, so have it. So it's really, But then most often my guess is that they'll be like Elf Pirate will be like the two. Or uh, Merfolk Pirate will be the two coming in the new set. So there'll sure. be Merfolk on one side. Pirate. So there'll be like one classic exciting one. So for instance, the, the Thopter Servo token double-sided promo from earlier this year. Right. Thopter is relevant forever. There are a thousand cards that make one one thopters. Right. There's not that many. There's only servos are only from the most recent set. So you have both sides. And I think that's something they'll work on is like we'll get a, a, a the the legendary monkey token or we'll get the oh, yeah is that the legendary from Kari Kari Zev, yeah right? Kari Zev. like that's the stuff we're going to be getting like there's no way they wouldn't have printed that as a promo if that was what was going on so that's like that's cool and exciting and I think in general these will be from an EV perspective on average worth more than the average F and M promo was you're not going to have the fatal push ones but people are like yeah but I'm going to play fatal push forever. But you're you're gonna play Fatal Push forever, no matter what. Like the the fact that you got that Fatal Push promo isn't gonna make you play that card more. And you're often. gonna just yeah, you're gonna get the card anyway, so it doesn't. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the Plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So like they know that you're gonna get that card. They're like they're not worried right. about you paying for fatal push. And people are like, well, why couldn't they just pick better cards? Well, one of the reasons beyond just the difficulty of predicting the future for standard is the point of magic is to make people buy packs. And if they the, the point of magic for wizards for is wizards, to sell yeah, 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 as a company is to sell product. And by printing chase uncommons or rares as F and M promos makes it so you're less likely to buy packs. Right. And you want Wizards to sell packs, because otherwise, that's why they can make this game. That's why they can do as much as they do. They're the largest game development, tabletop gaming development company probably in the world. Um, yes, they have to make money, otherwise yeah. the game doesn't, doesn't expand. The reason they have this team, the reason they're able to come out with a product every month. like This all happens because they sell yeah. a lot of packs. Um, and so that's a good thing. Uh, and, and the other thing, you know, they, they released a, a follow-up, um, and I can kind of just skim through and read a little bit of it. One thing that they pointed out is that uh, in earlier this year, Elaine Chase wrote an article in February uh, 
kind of talking about what their directions are. And that's what a lot of these changes are in regards to. Um, and these are the quotes. With that in mind, 2017 is going to be a year of trying new things for in-store play and a year of innovating, of experimenting, and of pushing the envelope for in-store offerings. And our goal this year is to refine and, and reimagine our in-store play programs to create greater accessibility and appeal for players of all skill levels. So, like, this year specifically for them is let's try stuff. Let's try Standard Showdown, which we will get back to because uh, there's a really sweet announcement. Uh, from yesterday on Standard Showdown. Let's do the, the Magic Championship. Let's change game day, even though we've had it for a while. Let's change what our in-store programs are going to look like to make it more appealing to more players. And I think this does that. And I'm more excited to get a 1-1 Spirit double-sided token that's uh, a 1-1 Sapperling on the other side or whatever than I ever was to get most FNM promos. Curse of the Bloody Tome. Yeah. <laughs> what Wonderful. the hell is that card called? I can't, I'm like, I, I have like three of them. I don't know. I, um, I don't play <laughs> It was a bad um, card. It was a bad mill card. I'll tell you exactly what it was called now that you're asking. Um, it was called Curse of the Bloody Tome. I was dead right. Yeah, you're good. You got three, it. And there was a promo of it. It was a freaking, what a bad card. So the next the next announcement uh, that they made is uh, Standard Showdown, which I talked about. Uh, they're making a small change, um, and they realized that people really like promo lands. And that's the other thing people mentioned. Why don't we just get promo lands? And it's because they're doing it on Standard Showdown. <laughs> and that's the other thing to kind of bring up. This announcement announced like two extra ways of getting promos that previously kind of didn't exist. And so on top of FNM no longer giving promos, but giving these cool token promos instead, right. we're still going to get additional promos. So Standard Showdown is now uh, offering sweet lands. Um, and the first one are re the like the old Rebecca Guy lands. Guai. Guai? Rebe she's an artist. Do you know what set they're from so I can look at the art? Uh, no, but I can show you the art right now. Rebecca Guai. Uh, does it say... Those lands will... Duh, 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 duh. Were they full art or something, or are they just are awesome art? Uh, They're just awesome art. They're, like, famous. So, like, they oh, just have never been foil. a lot like... These look like they're, like, Lorwyn lands, maybe. No, they're definitely not. They've never been foil. So, this is before foil lands. This is, like, Tempest or before. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Maybe maybe Tempest. That wouldn't surprise me. I, I would look up what that is while we talk about it. Uh, cool. These are sweet, and I'm really excited to get cool land promos in general. Like, I remember when Ravnica came out with that Plains. Right. I was always hoping they would finish that cycle. It was, like, weirdly not popular, I guess, so they didn't do a swap at the next. Like, I would have loved, like, Innistrad swaps to go with my Ravnica Plains, to go with Zendikar Forests, to go with, I don't know, it was a red plane we've been to. <laughs> Uh, Kaladesh. That's nah, a red plane. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, there was a revolt. Yeah, red Kaladesh. And, and, oh, no, Tarkir was definitely red-based. Hmm. Like, red mountain, Tarkir mountains. And uh, what's the last color? Tarkir plains? Islands. Plains. You and I are doing this thing where you're looking at the computer screen, and I'm looking at my phone, and we're, like, talking at each other while not listening. Yeah, so it's, it's fun. I hope you guys are enjoying this. So, yeah, so that <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of what's happening there. Uh, and then uh, there's a Magic Open House that they're announced. Uh, at the Magic Open House, you'll be able to take home full art promos from the upcoming set. Excellent. That means you'll get Excellent cards a week prior to pre-release. So there's an additional day where you can receive promos. That's the other thing. Magic Open House is this new thing where at the, you'll be able to receive full foil, full art promo cards from the upcoming set. Magic Open House. Yeah, that and happens. So September 16th to 17th is is the week prior to the pre-release. So remember, the, you know the week where spoilers have come out, but the pre-release is a week later? Yeah. That weekend before that is the Magic Open House, which is meant to be like a, a players come to the store, other players come to teach new players, kind of encourages everyone to kind of hang out and have a good time. There's now a foil full art promo that will come with that day. Is that because, oh, are they Commander Lands? Is that what it is? Rebecca Guay? Did she do Commander Lands and they weren't in foil because they were in one of the Commander sets? No, I believe these are old. Okay. Well, uh, so, so that week, though, that has existed for a long time in Magic Open House where... You show up to the store and it's like, oh, guys, we're doing the final draft. It's going to be the last draft of this old set that we've been playing for like a month and a half, two months. No one really wants to draft it anymore. And uh, it's just this kind of dead weekend, right? That's now going to be Magic Open House. So yes. you basically now are going to show up and, there's, and the idea is like, let's get excited for the new set. Let's promote it. If you're like a new player who's wandering into the store for the first time and you happen to come on Magic Open House weekend, it's like, hey, get prepped, get ready. You've got a whole new thing coming. It starts next weekend. I get that. And they're going to give you a free card to get you excited. So, yeah, I think that's a good idea. 
I think it's a good idea to, to kind of uh, those, you know, those. Uh, the, what are they called? The dog days of summer. I, mean, I guess they were only in Commander 2016. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, You're right. Yeah. So so that like that period of time though that definitely happens. It's like in sports they call it the dog days of summer. It's like the same kind of idea. It's like very very boring moment. Sure. Um, and so you replace that with this magic open house. I think that's a good idea. And, and kind of the point of it is. Because pre-releases should be the first tournament new players go to. That's right. kind of how I feel. It's the best pl- environment for a new player to go to because it's not as spiky. People are like, whatever. They'll right. let you take back mistakes. Um, and this allows you to kind of do a uh, one-two punch with the pre-release of the first time, like bring him to the store, teaching him how to play, getting him a little into it, and then uh, bring him into the final, the big tournament the f- next week. Right. Um, and last announcement, but not least, but maybe least, uh, is uh, League. So... There's a, for, a league format. They've been starting to do this. So basically, uh, you start with three boosters and a thirty. Three boosters where it it it, it you're doing a. You start the beginning of the process three boosters, and then every week you kind of add to it, and so you continue to improve on the promo and uh, improve on your deck as the thing goes on. It's kind of like a sealed event that get your deck gets better and be- better. They're adding a promo card to that just for participating. Sick. So. People are complaining that they're getting rid of promo cards, but in the same announcement, there's like four places that they're adding promos. Yeah. So, like, their game day's promos are changing, but they're still, like, they're just moving basically game day a month earlier. Well, yeah. For so, all intents and purposes. And, and so it's like important to note here, the only promos that we're losing were not promos, so it was like a sick promo every week. It was like kind of occasionally a good promo. So it just sounds like they're spreading out the opportunity to for these promos to be better in general and just you just like harder to get places. Look, look, there's this league promo, which has a great potential of being a sweet card. There's Magic Open House promo that's full art now. There's the land promos and standard showdown packs, which is a, a, a thing that's happening you know, every weekends and there's the the token promo. I also have to and think to some degree that there's four different versions of the F and M promo now. I also have to think to some degree this is a little bit of a response to masterpieces. Just like the, the general, I'm sure the general conversation over the last six months has just been like, all right, guys, we flooded we flooded the market a little bit with excitement for cards that we haven't seen promos or like we haven't seen foils of and like new art and like that was cool, but like I think players are a little burnt out, so let's shake things up and let's maybe maybe I mean like the problem with that is. Well, a I've, I've like I'm pretty firm now that I think they should have always just done five to ten masterpieces per, per set. set. Yeah, like going for that full fifty was like so extreme and yeah. like burnt them out really quickly. Versus only doing five to ten, which would have made it consistently exciting. Why do um, people hate invocations so much? People hate invocations because you can't read the cards. You can't read the names. It's true. It's really hard to read. It, like the font is the biggest mistake on those cards. Yeah, and there's like there's not a consistent theme, and people like to have themes. Like imagine if they just did five sorceries, right? Or five five sorceries would have been cool. Is five sorceries, five to ten sorceries, five new ones, and maybe two old ones, or two new ones and five old ones uh, from from Amonkhet, and then the second set was five instants because it's hour of devastation and nickel bullet shows up like that would have been a sweet thing to do but because they had to stick to this like we need 50 cards they like ran out of space is there 50 expeditions yeah what yeah between both sets i didn't even realize that yep that's crazy maybe more you know i think there's 54 wild because there's there's all 10 fetch and shocks that's 20 there's all five check land or uh tango lands there's uh, all of the like in addition to that so that's 30 if you include then all the like the ghost quarter wasteland cards there's well, there's and there's just all the weird ones there's, there's like all a, the filter lands yeah there's a that's horizon, 40 there's a horizon canopy there's, and then there's a bunch of weird ones yeah yeah I'd say there's about 54 yeah there's 54 interesting yep. interesting so that's 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 kind of what the announcements were. And, and the internet kind of freaked out and it made Wizards have to respond the next day in the daily update. That's kind of what I was reading from is where they're like, here's the deal. We're trying new things. Don't worry. But if you look at their announcement, I don't know. From me, my perspective, they've added four new token or four new promo locations. Plus, they're still giving a sweet token that I think is probably going to have a higher value more often than not. Right. Right. Sweet. Yeah. Um, so we're at 45 minutes. 
Yep. Uh, do you want to deck tech? Uh, I do. Okay. It's, so, because uh, this is exciting, because I'm getting close, guys. So Comic Con's this weekend, and the following weekend, I'm planning on playing two PPTQs back to back. I'm planning on a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, obviously, you know, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> she is important to me, and uh, we will see what happens. Uh, because that tends to be every time I intend- not that she's not important, but that you have a girlfriend. <laughs> every time I in, like she's intend- very important to you. Your fake girlfriend. <laughs> Every time I intend to play Magic for like a full two days, I feel like that doesn't happen. But I'm going to try my damnedest because I really, really would like to do this. And I stole all of the expensive cards out of Alex's deck so that I could build Superior Burning Coco. And I've just been holding on to them since GP Vegas. And I need to use them for a tournament so that I can get all of the value out of stealing Alex's expensive cards. Um, so let's talk about Superior Burning Coco. Let's talk about this deck. I don't have the actual paper deck in front of me. What I have is the decked app uh, file that I was messing around with in wherever we just were, Vegas. And it's probably off by a card or two is what it looks like here, but it's not too far from it, and I can explain to you guys what's going on with it. So this is a deck that I feel like you and I started first started talking about two years ago. Longer, maybe. And we've been doing this podcast for like two and a half years. You you started it on the podcast, yeah. Uh, so it was definitely definitely since this podcast has existed, but it was in the first year. Uh, so it's been a are, couple years. We are tailing into our th- end of our third year, so I would say a hundred episodes ago. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Now, you if you guys listen to the show and have listened to the show, then you know this deck. You like know it well. It's been talked about. I would say this is this is probably the the uh, flagship deck of this show. Probably we've talked about it the most, right? Is there any other deck that's ever been talked about as much as this? The, with one of ours, I mean. No. No, no. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, because we generally don't talk about whatever blue-white X deck I'm messing around with. And we mess around with decks. It's just yeah. this deck has kept the same name, It's and it's more distinctive because it's such a weird deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, it died for a long time, but it's back now. So Yeah, I think if it hadn't come back, there were maybe other decks that could achieve yes. that status, but because you brought it back... Yeah, and it's sweet now. It, yeah. I played. I've played some games with it. I've played a lot of games with it recently, and I've been pretty impressed with it. So, so uh, explain to me what the general, the gist of the main game plan is for people that aren't inundated with, uh, or what? haven't listened to every single episode of Masters of Modern. Uh, okay, so the I will start with probably the definitive card in the deck, which is Mirror Superior, a card you guys know that I've talked about here a lot, and this is a an artifact creature five six that costs two and states you can only cast Mirror Superior if you cast it using mana generated from a creature. It's a very, very particular restriction because it costs two rather than one, so your general, like, elf type of thing is not going to cast a Superion, which means you have to get really creative and clever. So to cast Superion, the idea was, what are all of the ways that I can try to cheat this guy into play? And the clever way is to play Burning Tree Emissary. So you play a Burning Tree Emissary on turn two, it generates two mana, and that immediately casts Mirror Superion. That's wonky, and if that was the only way this deck worked, it wouldn't work. But It's not wonky, it's just... It's powerful, but it's also... It's a two-card combo. And it's also a turn two two-card combo, which means a Thought Seize ruins your day. And it happens a lot when you play this deck. You'll, you'll definitely find... But it's not as devastating as you would think, um, and I'll explain to you guys why. So this deck, as well as playing four Burning Tree Emissary, also plays four Aether Vial. A turn one Aether Vial is really good in this deck. Uh, it's good in every deck it's in, but... Sure, but your whole deck is a bunch of two drops, right? So Pretty much the whole deck is two drops, right. You're playing like 26, 27 creatures and like 22, 23 or two drops. Okay. So you're playing four Aether Vial, and finally the last way to get Mirror Superior into play is you're playing four Collected Company. The four, the four, the, the, the last four of major way. Yes. Yeah. So you have basically 12 ways to consistently get a Mirror Superior in play, either from your deck or from your hand. Um, and Collected Company, as we all know, is a very powerful card. So Superior, obviously, another great usual 5-6 is Tarmogoyf. So you're playing four Goyf and four Superior. Sure. That's the meat and potatoes of the deck. It's like, that's that's your most powerful your most powerful eight creatures, usually. Um, you don't play any one-drops in the entire deck. Other than uh, other than. Pile. Vials and I guess a little few pieces of removal. I okay. think at the current list is pro- is playing like three path in the main deck probably. Okay. Um. So that's like you you don't interact very much because between your vials and your collected companies, you need to have a lot of collect a lot of um company targets. Sure. So here's where you get interesting. Um. I will run through some of the other creatures in the deck. You play three dark confidant. Um. Aside from your collected companies, the deck everything costs two and three. 
So flipping cards over with Confidant is fine for you. Occasionally you hit a company, but really you usually don't. You play two copies of Fauna Shaman, which is definitely an underrated card and very good in this deck. Totally. Um, one I think of the- Fauna Shaman is one of the... More underrated cards in modern. Yeah, and it's one of the defining cards in this deck because, as you can hear, guys, you're playing Aether Vials, Burning Tree Emissaries, cards that you probably don't want multiples of. Well, you um, can't discard Aether Vial to Burning... Uh, true, yeah, yeah. You can discard it to Pack Rat, which there's also one of in here. Yep. Um, but, you, yeah, you're, you you sometimes want to discard your extra copies of Burning Tree Emissary um, if maybe there is, like, a graveyard hate thing going on and you have, like, a Tarmogoyf in hand... You can discard your Tarmogoyf to go search out another Mirror Superior. If you have an Aether Vial in play, there's a lot of there's a lot of play that's very interesting. And Fauna Shaman is definitely one of your go long win the game cards. Um, so two Fauna Shaman, play a single copy of Pack Rat, one of my favorites in the whole deck. Um, one thing that a lot of people have never realized is that turn one Aether Vial into turn three end of turn discard or a flash in Pack Rat and then discard a card to Pack Rat the same turn is like. A bananas play. It's like insanely good and very hard for a lot of decks to beat. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the, I mean, Packrat was a standard powerhouse and it's been on the fringe of a lot of people's minds in modern. People have tried to brew with this card. But the problem is if you play it on turn two, it just, they just kill it. Um, your ability to flash it in and then respond to removal with open mana is just crazy. Like it, it's really hard to beat a Packrat. Yeah. Um, so you, you play two copies of Scavenging Ooze, one Selfless Spirit, one Spellskite, one Tide Hollow Sculler, two Renegade Rallier, which is another great Tide, wait, way. before you get past Tide Hollow Sculler, like, that's another crazy good with Aether Vial. Oh, yeah. And, and, and something to also bring up is if you have a Fauna Shaman and if, like, on turn three you were able to have Fauna Shaman and Aether Vial online, you basically can cast for one mana and discarding a creature card any of these creatures at instant speed to service whatever your needs are. Did they did they lightning bolt? Oh, well, go get faith, uh, uh, a selfless spirit, flash it in, yeah. and sacrifice it to give your fauna shaman indestructible so they're lightning bolted. Or go get your spell sky. Or get your spell sky at the second up. Or or play yeah. So there's Scholar like color them during draw step and get your own Vendillion click. There's, right. Yeah. There's a lot of really cool plays. Um, two renegade rallier, which is the that was one of the late adds to this deck. When I rebuilt it, that was one of the most important cards printed. Um, your ability to go all in early on your Burning Tree Emissary into Mere Superior plan means that, like, very often what people will do is they'll thought seize your Burning Tree Emissary out of your hand because they'll be like, haha, I'll leave you with your, your Mere Superior and you can't cast. And then on turn three, you're like, okay, I'll crack a fetch land, play Renegade Rallier, I'll get the Burning Tree Emissary back into play, and I'll cast my Mere Superior for free. Like, let me just right. put 10 power on the play on turn three <laughs> <laughs> and also not care about your thought seize at all. Uh, it's really good. Like Renegade sure. Rallier turned out to be one of the all stars of this deck. And finally, my favorite add to the deck, a single copy of Ronus, the Indomitable. This turned out to be the all star card in all of my recent games with this deck. Um, yeah, cartoons insane. It's insane. Um, you know, I mentioned two scavenging ooze, so your oozes are very often going to have four power, like just pretty easily, pretty quickly. Uh, that's not like a hard thing to achieve. Right. Your Tarmogoyfs are just about always going to have four power. And your Mere Superiors are always going to have four power. Which means your Ronus is usually going to be a creature. It's sure. usually going to be a three-mana indestructible well, 5 Well, you have five. so many X2s or two Xs that a Ronus can just make one of them beefy to also be able to attack. Yeah, that's the other thing is that mid to late game, if, if people don't know what's going on and you're setting up for it, you can tick your Vial up to three, which you usually don't do. You usually leave your Vial on two. Uh, you can tick your Vial to three and mid-combat... Fauna Shaman for Aronis to vial it into play. Like, this is not... This has happened. It sounds like crazy magical Crispin land, but, like, if you're on turn 9 or 10 and you're grindy, that's a thing you can do mid-combat that people don't see coming, and you just win the game with, like, a vialed-in combat trick. Yeah, I think, I think in general, Amakat is going to go down. Like, people were really down on its power level, but between... Like, I think it's, it's going to go down as a, a set that has more power than people have given it credit for. And, and part of that, for me, is, like... A, we talked about already, invocations were really unpopular, so like those aren't going to hold as much of the value as people would have hoped. Um, and then on top of that, you have cards like Ronus. You have Gideon of the Trials is seeing a ton of play in Modern. Every deck good. I see is playing two to... Every white deck is playing two to three of it. You have the Cycle Lands. Those will forever be cards playable in Modern. Like This is a set that has... Not to mention stuff like Dread Wanderer... Uh, you know, like like all these like random soul scar mage, like all these weird smaller cards that are just good. 
like it possibly in the future if the right cards are printed. But you have a decent amount of power level in this set. Harsh Mentor. I like Harsh Mentor. So let me talk a little bit about the, just like the end of this the end of this list. So four vial, three path, uh, one abrupt decay, four collected company, and currently, and it has played this for a long time. Uh, this is the number one card when people look through the stack. They're always like, "Really? You play a copy of Profane Command?" <laughs> I've been well, playing... I thought I thought you cut Profane. Uh... I, I haven't done the update, and I'll explain what we're talking about in just okay. a second. Profane Command has been like a, a favorite of mine in this deck for a long time, and the, the biggest reason is that for four mana, you will very often get back a Mirror Superior, give two creatures fear uh, at the same time, and swing through for what should be almost lethal and sets up for lethal the next turn. Um, sure. The fear ability is the thing that makes it the best because you're in a in a world of like Abzan and Jun decks where it's just like your big creature versus my big creature, uh, breaking the board stall and getting through. Even even if it's just four mana, let me give two creatures fear and also drain you for two can just usually end the game. Um, but I'm thinking more and more. I'm gonna cut Profane Command. I'm gonna add a single Stomping Ground to this deck, and I'm gonna just I'm just gonna change it into a Claim to Fame. Because I think Claim to Fame gets back Mirror Superior better anyway for one black. It just seems a lot stronger than four to get it back. And the haste side and of it... And everything else in your deck other than Ronus. Yeah. And it's just, Renegade Rallyer, you have two cards in the entire deck that it can't get back in the main deck. Right. Just generally seems pretty good. Yeah. So um, also it makes, the, it makes the Fauna Shaman plan even better because you have a one black way to... Like for, for one green discarding a card and then both sides of Claim Fame you are literally doing the same thing Profane Command is doing cost-wise. You're just getting more out of it. You're searching sure. for whatever creature you wanted in your hand. You're discarding some creature in your hand. You're not losing value on it. And then for three mana, you're putting that creature directly into play and giving it haste. Sure. So seems pretty good. And and we've talked about this before, and we'll, we'll go into what your sideboard is for this deck, but you're going to be playing... You're not sacrificing the profane like profane command goes into your sideboard because it still has the strengths you mentioned in specific matchups yeah but the fact that claim to fame like the red half isn't that necessary like it's not the important half and beyond just the stomping ground all four burning tree emissaries can just cast it so late game if you just top deck a burning tree emissary and you're in a top decking mode but you have claim to fame in your your graveyard at this point you can just use that claim to fame to play it as a four two haste um, lightning elemental for all intents and purposes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely good. Intent, yeah, intents and, and purposes. Yeah, yeah. I think I so so that's kind of the gist of the main deck. Um, that's what you're doing for the most part. As you get into the sideboard, so it does. The deck plays 21 land. Um, the land the mana base is a little wonky. It's probably one of the things that's the most difficult to figure out because you need green green on turn two. So it's a green base deck. If you're getting rid of Profane Command from the main deck, it gets a little easier. You don't need to be able to hit double black. So so on that note, if you need green green on turn two, is it maybe better to play not a stomping ground, but to play like a red-white land? Like one of your other lands that can't currently cast Burning Tree Emissary on turn two, making it a X red so that it can also be kind of a fake green land for you in the deck? Uh, ish. I mean, the, so like the lands that I have written down here, I feel like this, this mana base that I have on my phone is incorrect. It doesn't look as familiar as I'm used to. But you have to play a certain number of fetches and shocks, obviously, because you have to be able to turn on Renegade Rallyer. So I think you're sure. playing at least six, if not eight, fetches. Um, you're playing probably five to six shocks. And then the rest of the deck is like there's a single Ghost Quarter just because you need to have it. Horizon Canopy is a, is a card that this deck plays two of. Okay. Um, it just because of the Aether Vial, like Collected Company, you just want more gas than them. You like you don't care about lands matter less than gas. Yeah, you don't really need more than three or four lands in this deck just about ever. So, I mean, sometimes it's nice if you're trying to, like, activate a Ronus or a Pack Rat, but for the most part, this deck wants basically four lands, four to three lands on the table. So having the two Horizon Canopies just turns your lands into gas, which is nice. Um, you're playing, like, a single Wooded Bastion. Plus, it's another option for Renegade Rally or late game. On turn five, you can... Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, you know, I'm playing, like, a Blooming Marsh and a Razor Verge Thicket. There's, like, fast lands sure. for early game. So that's kind of what's going on there. As far as the sideboard goes, I've kicked around a lot of different versions of the sideboard. It's super meta-dependent. I mean, which you have to remember is basically whatever the meta you're in two mana creatures are your premium that's like where you want to be focusing and the one super hard thing to figure out with this deck is that when you're customizing your sideboard you don't have the ability to drop creatures for spells because it makes your collected companies so bad sure so you have to make sure if you're swapping in creatures you're you're keeping the count of two drops versus three drops relatively consistent and that you're not just like going up on spells and down on creatures I do think we talked about this before about if you're replacing profane to command with claim to fame because I believe you had one profane in the side and one in the main. 
putting two in the side with the intent to get rid of the claim to fame and maybe one collected company in sideboard matchups, or maybe not collected company, but but another spell. Um, because in those grindier mid-range matchups, that card seems so powerful. Yeah. Um, and in you know against some other decks, it's just pretty decent too because it drains them. Late game control decks are just like any any game that goes late, the more profane command gets better every turn. You go go farther down the line. Right. Um, and then you also have a bunch of three drops in the sideboard, so your claim to fame gets much worse. Yeah, the, 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 so the... As the, do Renegade Rallyers to a certain extent, because you're not able to get your three drops back? Yeah, definitely. So the so in the Death Shadow matchup, uh, you have the current alert list I'm playing has five cards you bring in, uh, and one of them is very questionable based on the mana base. It probably isn't a real card, but uh, two Mirren Crusaders, the questionable one is Devout Lightcaster, which I think is sweet, and it's obviously very good with, like, Vile and very good with Collected Company, but not good with your mana base, because it's almost impossible to cast White, White, White. Sure. Um, Lingering Souls, you're playing a one of, and then I believe the fourth path is in the sideboard. So that's the five cards I would bring in against Grixis Shadow. Um, what's nice is your creatures match up well against Anglers and Tassigers. You don't really care about those creatures. Like your creatures are bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, Death Shadow is is what it is. Like pathing it is good for you. Abrupt decaying it is good for you. Sure. Um, do you bring in? Do you would you now replace the Claim to Fame with the Profane command in that matchup? Um no, okay. I don't think so. I think because their life total is so low, the haste is really important. Well, but can't you can drain them with profane command for like two or three? But like sure, and they'll they're sometimes they'll get down that low, but very often like top decking a claim to fame. And fear isn't that good because every card that every creature they have is black. Yes, like claim yeah. claim to fame. It feels like in a lot of cases is just going to be better. Like okay. they're just not going to see it coming, and you're going to top deck claim to fame and just like swing for whatever like seven out of your graveyard or something sure 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 um so sure 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 sure, sure. yeah i mean profane command is burn which is good but i think probably claim claim is better but mirror crusader is great against them um other matchups you know i believe the sideboard that i'm currently playing has one kataki um obviously your vials get a little worse with kataki but you don't really care that much if you can resolve kataki against affinity they just lose yeah both affinity and uh, lantern control both like are just like uh, how do I beat yeah. that <laughs> remember too that the fauna shamans make it so that your sideboard plan of bringing in like one ofs and two ofs y- you're much much more likely to get those cards than you'd think do you have like a, an additional fauna shaman in your sideboard just to like up your count there or is it just no two's okay. good okay. two's good I don't think you need more than two um, what else is in the sideboard you know like I said one lingering souls I think you can probably go more lingering souls even though they're not creatures just the card is so good against so many decks plus you have stuff like pack rat in your deck already so it, it, it yeah it, there's so like another- a little bit of value another way to go wide um you know i believe the sideboard i'm currently playing has three thoughtsies just because in those bigger in the in the big deck matchups like when you're playing against like a titan shift or something like that you just want to have a way to get the spells out of their hand sure not to mention like against storm your deck needs some type of game yeah and, and though you can play there's the good creep there's like a aether sworn candidist and stuff like that that would yeah. probably be really good yeah so there's a, i mean that's the thing is you can customize your sideboard in this deck for the um, game I'm definitely going to be customizing it. You know, I haven't gotten to play any games yet against Eldrazi Tron, but I was talking to you about this the other day. I think probably it matches up pretty well. Their creatures are a little bit smaller than your creatures in general. Um, you, have, you have a 5-6. They have 5-5s five and 4-4s. Four yeah, you're pretty fast <laughs> if you come out correctly. Um, their mana base and Planeswalker half is more problematic for you, and if they can get up there, this deck doesn't deal with Planeswalkers well. You don't have, a lot, you don't have any haste aside from Vile. Um, I mean, that is one thing to keep in mind, though, guys, is like, so Aether Vial is a card that is reserved in most people's minds for Merfolk in Modern. That's a card that, like, that's where people think of it. This plays a little more like Death and Taxes plays Vile, where somebody tries to Inquisition you, and you flash in me Superior in response. Somebody, you know, it, you can you can hit a turn a turn early collected company off of a Viling a in a Burning Tree Emissary early. That's like something that I've done in this deck a lot of times. You keep a one lander with a vial in this deck most of the time because that's a vial on turn one is almost the most valuable thing this deck can have because of the four because of the four burning tree emissaries. It means you're very likely to hit a second land, a second land by the time you'd want to cast the collected company anyway. Like you'll have two lands and a burning tree emissary and just like resolve company. Also, I think a card you might want to consider maybe as a one of in your sideboard is Phyrexian Revoker. It's it's been in there before because just against like Carnes, yeah. Where it, and there's a bunch of other stuff out there that it's gonna just be generically good against randomly, uh, like Gideon of the Trials, yeah. Where it's like, 
maybe just having or Liliana the Veil, just having a one of like Planeswalker creature removal spell is yeah. maybe worth it. And it's two mana and it kind of does everything else your deck is doing. It's been in there in the past. It's it's fine. It's like a prob- probably a reasonable one of to get with Fauna Shaman. And because you can keep getting it back if they get rid of it too. You have so many different ways yeah. to kind of deal with it. That's Yeah, yeah, as a one of I'm saying in the sideboard. Yeah. So that's pretty much the deck, guys. So there's there's uh, some other sideboard cards that I don't have in front of me. but that's... What's your worst matchup? Oh, and Core Firewalkers. You play those. Um, worst matchup with this deck? Probably things, probably decks that are doing like fast, uninteractive, unfair things. Like I would say Storm is probably a very bad matchup. Sure. Um, game two, you're, you're fine against most people. I mean, I think probably game one, Affinity beats you. You're not really fast enough to match up against them. Dredge? Uh, you, you have oozes in the main. You play two oozes in the main deck. Um, okay. And they're fast, but, like, they're not that fast with stuff that's that big. Right, you're beefier than they are. Like, for instance, if you resolve turn two Burning Tree into Superion, and they get, like, a bunch of Amalgams, you probably are going to stabilize and hit, like, a Collected Company or a Tarmogoyf or something, one removal spell by, like, the fourth turn. Your stuff's big enough, early enough to block them Mm -hmm. that I don't know that Dredge just walks all over you. If you get a slow start, Dredge can be bad for you. But uh, because you have the oozes in the main deck, I think it's not as bad as you'd think. Okay, sweet. So all right, yeah. so that's that's it for today's episode. Uh, we got burning, uh, you know, deck tech, uh, uh, more of a deck update, uh, news, tournament standings, a bunch of rambling in the beginning on random things. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter. We are at the MM Cast. I am at Cast Wiley. I'm at Ben Bateman Media. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, the Facebook group. There's a page and a group. You can like both because the page exists and it's also important. But the group is where you're going to get really good. It's official Masters of Modern Facebook group. Uh, you get a lot of good interaction there. Um, it's definitely worth checking that out. If you are a Facebook user, especially, it's a good place to kind of be a part of a community that is really into modern and everyone's really helpful. If you have a deck idea you want to try out, they'll give you kind of a, a tips and a advice. Uh, make sure to go to uh, our Patreon. Check that out. Uh, we are doing a brew episode next week. Uh, and uh, right now we're officially changing it. Um, and if we if, if it doesn't say it there, we are officially changing it verbally here. Uh, so know that if you have any donation level on our Patreon page, uh, above one dollar um you will be able to submit deck tech so please go there donate a dollar it's not that much and we appreciate your 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 contributing here and you get the submitted deck tech to be reviewed next week um and last but not least uh, if you're at comic-con make sure to hit us out follow us you know we'll, we'll be posting we're around on twitter pretty regularly um and it's always a blast and we'd love to sling some spells or just hang out and and, and talk and, and and do do comic-con things exactly all right. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. Thank All you right, for you your attention. See you later, alligator. <laughs>